Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. Hello everybody, I hope you guys are doing great. I'm going to talk a little bit about the importance of knowing our identity in Jesus and and actually the fact that we can only truly find out who we are when we know who God is and uh, not just have head knowledge about who he is, but actually have that experiential knowledge of who he is in our lives. I was reading from Matthew 16 verses 15 to 19 just recently and I, I'm going to read that for you guys. Um, so here uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples and it starts by saying, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This was from NIV translation, and um, I just love how this scripture demonstrates so beautifully that it's it's just so crucial for us to know who Jesus is for us, and and the question that Jesus is saying, like. But what about you? Who do you say I am? That that's that's the question that he's still asking uh, all of us. And uh, I know that there are like lots of theologians who have different ways of interpreting this whole scripture. And I'm not trying to be a theologian here, <laughs> but I I find that it's so interesting that uh, right after Peter is confessing who Jesus is, saying like you are the son of the living God, you are the Messiah. Uh, so right after that, Jesus starts speaking identity over Peter and uh, and saying like, you know, um, that that on on this rock, and and I know it, that it can re- relate and refer to the revelation that Jesus is Messiah. That that's the rock, but uh, but that's the rock that. Uh, he's going to build his church and uh and that it says that the gates of hate will not overcome it and 
and Jesus is saying like, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And uh, <laughs> I I find it fascinating that it's like after after Peter is telling Jesus who he really is and speaks out, declares the revelation that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, that that's when Jesus starts speaking identity back to him and actually tells him who he is and um, he gets to operate from that place of uh, being who he has actually created to be and I it's like I was thinking about say it's like Peter's own identity is found as he discovers who Jesus really is and and I know that it's not enough to like I said, have just had knowledge about who Jesus is, but it's it's all in the context of relationship and what, what we actually do with that revelation that we received. And I was reading from James 2 verses 19 to 24. It says um, that you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not just by faith alone so here in in this scripture it's talking about how Abraham actually expressed his knowledge of who God is through his actions and you know, like it says, like even, you know, even the demons know who God is, like just knowing who he is, is actually, that's not enough. Like it's, we actually need to be able to um, express the knowledge of who God is to us. And uh, it's talking about like how Abraham's faith led into obedience. And, and again, from that place, God was declaring back Abraham's identity and and he was calling Abraham his own friend and and that was as a kind of a it came from the place where where Abraham knew who God was to him and that's when God was declaring his identity back at him and and actually calling him his friend so yeah, it's so so important that we not only have that head knowledge of who God is, but we actually get to relate to him in in the way how how he actually is to us and we we you know, we pray the prayer that our father who art in heaven and so on and so forth. And uh um I was thinking that even in in our prayers that it's actually not enough that we we call God as our father but we actually need to relate to him as our father and our our abba our daddy that we actually know him as a loving father who always provides always protects and always knows what's best for us and who always has the kindest intentions towards us and wants the best for us and 
And I, I feel like in my own life, I've been in that place where I've been just wanting to return back into that place of uh, like, God, I don't want to just call you a father, but I want to live every day relating to you as you really are my father, as you really do care, as you really are oh, my loving, uh, loving, kind, kind daddy who, who cares about every part of my life. And, um, and I've also been just recently blown away by how God so desires that for us. Like he actually really desires that we relate to him as our father. Uh, in Matthew 11 verses 25 through 27, it says that at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So I love how here it talks about how Jesus actually came to reveal the Father, to reveal the Father's love for us and um, and is wanting to lead us into that place where, where we actually, through knowing Jesus, we actually know the Father. And in even in the Old Testament, in um, in Jeremiah three nineteen, and this is uh, God speaking, says that I myself said, "How gladly I would treat you like my my children and give you a pleasant land." the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me. And that just gets me every time when I read that phrase that I thought you would call me father. It's like it's echoing that God's desire in his heart, how he's just so wanting us to relate to him as our loving father and uh and that we actually can't receive our inheritance from him unless we actually know him as our father and relate to him as our father and again in in matthew 23 verse 37 it says that jerusalem jerusalem you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you how often i have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. And again, there is the same, like the longing from God's heart. And, and in this scripture is talking about that nurturing side of God, like talking about him as the mother hen that's, that's, that's longing to gather the chicks under her wings. And, and obviously, you know, God is not male or female we were all men and women were created in the image of god but that's that's not even the point but it's the it's the the heart of a parent who actually like has that that source of love towards us that's not gonna run dry and and i have like realized that the more i started to have that experiential knowledge of God's fatherhood towards me, uh, relating to him 
as his beloved daughter, the more he has actually started calling me a mom for others as well. And the more I, I have actually started feeling the calling to relate to people uh, in the way that I get to reflect that parental love of God. And I, I talked about this, I think, a couple of episodes ago, how, how it's so important to know how heaven sees us. And um, and I shared in that episode, one of the words that God had given me was that he was calling me a reformer. And um, I didn't get into the other two, but uh, there were three words that God had given me what he was, he was calling me. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the second one today. Um, and and the, so, so second name that the God was calling me and showed me when I was asking him, how does heaven see me, was that he was calling me a mother. And I actually, I was asking these questions a bit over a year ago um, in a very intentional way. And, um, and I remember that it was actually quite hard for me in the beginning to allow God to call me a mother and like take ownership of that and as part of my identity because I mean I don't have any children of my own and and also because like not having my own family has been one of the most um, challenging and painful areas in my life but then I realized that uh, that it really is like being a mother it really is about my calling and and the way that God has designed me to operate, even as a leader, that I am called to demonstrate that loving and nurturing side of God to everyone I lead. And it doesn't even matter how old they are. Like I can, I can reflect that nurturing love of God to people and students who are of like any age. Um, so they don't need to be necessarily just children who I get to be a spiritual mom for or <laughs> um, be releasing God's love um, specifically as a, as a mother um, towards them. And, and I, I, I think that I can, it's easy that we can actually miss what God is saying to us when we are not in alignment with who he's calling us and and even for me like that I could actually miss what God is saying to me when he's addressing me like a mother if I think that he might be talking to somebody else like you know I'm not a mother so that that word is probably not for me so uh me taking ownership of that part of my identity has been such a huge deal and and that I, I don't need people to call me a mother in order to operate from my calling of demonstrating God's parental love to them. And and I, I can't remember, somebody was saying this illustration with a, a little bit of a different context, but like an apple tree is not called an apple tree once it starts producing apples, but it's already, that's part of its identity before there are any apples there so so the same way like some I believe some of the words that God is wanting to speak to us those words of identity um, that you don't need to wait until you have done something 
to somehow deserve that name, but it's actually about who, what God has placed on the inside of you, and uh, and it is going to manifest as you as you partner with the Lord in in that area, and and I feel like as I have started relating to my students who are all ages as my spiritual children and not in a like demeaning way but but demonstrating God's love as a mother for them I have realized that my own capacity to love people has grown so much like to the point that when I have students who make messes or make horrible life choices or stuff like that it it doesn't make me feel like I want to quit my job or I want to kick them out of the community or I actually start feeling compassion for them as a mom towards her children and and this desire to love them into alignment with heaven becomes the goal rather than just thinking oh they are hopeless cases and <laughs> they will never change or um and then also like realizing that I need to constantly experience God's parenthood in my life and and his father's love towards me so that I can reflect that same kind of love to others. And and I believe that we can be the best mothers and fathers when we first learn to be sons and daughters ourselves. And and that that's one of the reasons why God is so wanting us to relate to him as a father. And I've been trying to get into this habit that anytime I start feeling anxious or nervous or panicky about any situation, I just want to pause for a moment and remind myself that take a deep breath and say like, oh, but dad is here. He's with me. So it's all going to work out. <laughs> and just, I mean, not always using that same exact phrase, but just reminding myself like, oh, like, dad is here. Like, it's actually all okay. Like, he, I might not, I might not know what's going on or even what to do in every circumstance, but I know that my dad is here and there's nothing that's too big for him. There's nothing that's overwhelming for him or, or too challenging for him. Like he's bigger than anything. Um, and I, I believe that that's really is like one of the keys for us to remain at peace in the midst of all, all the chaos of life. And, and obviously that is very, it's a very foundational, basic word. But, uh, but I think in this particular season, God is really wanting to teach us, like, I don't want you just to call me dad and, and pray out prayers like, oh, our father in heaven, but actually living it out. Like, can you actually relate to me as a father? And will you let me, as you relate to me as a father, will you let me speak words of identity back at you and and I I believe that I mean I I believe all of us are called to be mothers and fathers for other people and and we also you know we're obviously all called to be sons and daughters first but from that place he's gonna start calling us into that place of being mothers and fathers for others but but also I believe there is so many other 
words of identity that God is wanting to speak over you in this season. And and again, I just want to encourage you to just take a little bit of time and, and ask the Lord, like, um, like, who do you say I am? And maybe the Lord is first asking you the same question that, that who is he to you? And, um, and I believe that God is really wanting to give us more revelation of who he wants to be to us in this particular season. But also out of that place, he's wanting to start speaking identity into our lives. And um, yeah, so I, I just even pray right now, Holy Spirit, that that you would come, <laughs> yeah, you would come and fill us afresh, yeah, and that you would give us eyes to see, first of all, who you are, God, who you want to be for us in this very season, how you want to manifest your presence amongst us and, and towards us as individuals and as communities. Yeah, and Lord, we want to open our hearts to hear in a fresh way who who do you say I am? Who do you say we are? Yeah, we want to draw our identity directly from you, from your words to us. Yeah, that we are not what the world tells us or even what our friends say, but Lord, we, we want to first and foremost be listening to, to what you are calling us into. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. And I also pray that right now, if there are people who are in the midst of very chaotic situations and storms in life, Lord, that. Lord, you would just come with your Father's love and you would just show them that you are here. Your very presence is here with us, that you you are not abandoning us or leaving us like orphans, but uh, but you are you are the one who cares, you are the one who loves. Yeah, you are the very present help. Yeah, thank you so much, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Yeah. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful, blessed week. Love you guys. Bye.